On the 27th episode of the Ultimate Tennessee Podcast, at last, it's game day. We're going to break down Tennessee and Indiana, which will take place tonight in TIAA Bank Field. And I've got three keys to the game for Tennessee in order to get out of this season with a win and finish off one of the more improbable runs in recent memory for Tennessee football. That's all coming up as we take a look at this matchup and wrap a bow in our coverage here for my Seaside Studio in Jacksonville leading up to the Gator Bowl. But first, we remind you again that this show is sponsored by Brentwood Hearing Center. And if you find it difficult to fully engage in conversations during this holiday season at cocktail parties, around the family dinner table, or even while talking with children about their Christmas wish lists, well, as we begin 2020, maybe you should put addressing your hearing challenges at the top of your New Year's resolutions. Brentwood Hearing Center, with five doctors of audiology and over 85 years of experience treating hearing loss, should be your choice for hearing care in Middle Tennessee. They're conveniently located just off I-65 at the Brentwood exit. Brentwood Hearing Center, they represent several hearing device manufacturers and provide a personal solution to your hearing needs. Give them a call today at 615-377-0420. You can check them out online at BrentwoodHearingCenter.com. And as always, they want to wish you a happy new year from Brentwood Hearing Center. Better hearing, better life. It's the final episode from the Seaside Studio, number 27, and it starts now. The top stories and the top insiders on Rocky Top. This is the Ultimate Tennessee Podcast with your host, Will Bowling. The time is here at last. Episode 27 coming at you on a Thursday morning. A happy new year to you once again. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Ultimate Tennessee Podcast, your ultimate preview for the Gator Bowl. And if you're just now joining us on our game day episode, first of all, welcome. You've come to the right place. We have been previewing Tennessee and Indiana every single day this week with a different lens, so to speak. Monday it was Tennessee's offense and how the Vols can score points. Or Check that. I believe that was... Uh, that was Monday. It was Monday. I, I've I've gotten the days all mixed up living here on a on island time here in Amelia Island. Uh, Tuesday we took a look deep at Indiana, uh, really analyzing what they do well. The passing game that uh, is so intimidating this year uh, from the Hoosiers and Peyton Ramsey. Uh, and then yesterday, uh, I brought on my my brother here in the bowling family vacation. The uh, the bowling family uh, get together for the Tax Slayer Bowl. Uh, he's covered Tennessee uh, in the past up in Knoxville. Uh, he's also a, a great asset uh, to talk Tennessee football to me. We, we talk balls all the time. We just put mics in our hands this time. Uh, and I, we kind of went down memory lane on memorable bowl experiences for the both of us, uh, memorable bowl games for Tennessee, uh, and just exactly what this team means and what this game means to this fan base in order to wrap a bow on what has been a tumultuous season uh, here on Rocky Top. So you can check all those out wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher uh, as we dive in one final time here, Oceanside and Jacksonville, uh, to today's game. Three keys to the game in order for Tennessee to get a victory, and then I'm going to tell you my prediction for today's game as well. And I think it starts for Tennessee. Key number one, get Jarrett Garantano some early confidence. And I think without Jawan Jennings in the lineup early, it's going to be important to help your quarterback. Take some pressure off of him in the running game. 
And I think that it's it's really going to start by throwing the football to Eric Gray, throwing the underneath routes. But on top of that, I think Tennessee is going to do one thing a lot this game. Uh, I think it's a pretty clear objective for Jim Chaney. They're going to throw the ball deep a lot. We've talked a lot this week about the explosive plays that Tennessee cre- can create against an aggressive Indiana defense uh, that plays press coverage uh, that's going to open up lanes of the deep passing game. That's the one thing Tom Allen said yesterday in his press conference as well was uh, that's something we focus on is playing aggressive, tight, man-to-man press coverage defense. So I think Tennessee is going to take advantage of that. I think they've got a clear advantage at the wide receiver position over the Indiana defensive backs. We've talked about the explosive play rate for Indiana, which is the 120th, the 120th uh, in college football Uh, They're giving up more explosive plays than almost everybody else in college football, according to football outsiders. I think on the first possession, even without Jawan Jennings on the field, I think you throw it deep to Marquez Calloway. Maybe the first or second play of this football game to try to be aggressive, set the tone, and be on the front foot uh, early on in this one in order to take some pressure off of your quarterback, get Jarrett Garantano in a rhythm, uh, and having him feeling some early confidence in this one. Key number two for Tennessee, make Peyton Ramsey uncomfortable. Kind of the flip side of what Tennessee wants to do offensively. I think the Indiana defense, or offense, if you will, is is kind of predicated on these short, intermediate passes and high run after the catch. I don't think this is an Indiana offense that is going to try to do what Tennessee is doing and throw the ball deep and really test these Tennessee corners. But it has been a really effective offense this year. This offense has averaged just shy of 450 yards per game. Uh, that includes 300 passing yards and 135 rushing yards per game, uh, like we discussed on our podcast on Tuesday. But here's the thing that's, that really jumps out the most to me about Indiana is the stat that they have six different players that have caught at least 26 passes this year. I think that is a a worrying point for Tennessee's defense because this is not a very deep Tennessee defense. They need their top three corners, Bryce Thompson, Alante Taylor, and Sean Schamberger, to play well. And they need to get pressure on Peyton Ramsey in order to make him uncomfortable enough to where he doesn't have all day to sit back and pick apart that Tennessee defense uh, with those underneath passes. I think Watt Fillier is going to be a big part of the uh, Indiana passing offense. Of course, he leads the team with uh, five touchdowns and 1,001 yards this year. He's going to be a big piece of this offense. I think he's probably going to be shadowed uh, by Alante Taylor, uh, uh, by Sean Schamberger, by Bryce Thompson. I think they might all switch off uh, that role a little bit. But I do think Tennessee is going to be really aggressive defensively. And I think that's what these bowl games are all about, right? You have to be aggressive defensively uh, in order to force the offense to do things that they don't want to do. But especially in bowl games, what do you have to lose? Uh, You want some of these younger guys getting experience. We're going to talk more about this in a second. uh, And playing an aggressive game plan. Uh, And look, Tennessee is the SEC team here. Tennessee is the power that uh, should assert its will on Indiana instead of vice versa, and and I have a feeling that Jeremy Pruitt is going to bring in the same style of confidence and of aggression uh, that that I'm discussing here uh, in order to get a win here tonight. So the third key, and this is kind of a a two-part or a multi-part key to the game, 
but I think it's a big key to get everybody involved. And if you listened to the podcast yesterday, you heard my brother and I talk about this. I think this is a big opportunity for Tennessee to give ample playing time and increased roles to freshmen and sophomores who have not had uh, prominent roles this season. So I'm going to give you five guys who need to have big games today in order to submit themselves as key contributors this season. So really my third key is kind of a five-parter because I think these are five players who are going to feature more in this game plan than they maybe did in past ones in order to gain some momentum going in to 2020. Number one, I think, is Josh Palmer. I think he needs to be the target man in uh, Jawan Jennings' absence. Uh, And I like Palmer a lot in this Tennessee offense because he's a guy that can play on the outside. Uh, He can be split out wide as a wide receiver one. Or he can also play in the slot. And I like him as well because he brings a different dimension to this Tennessee offense than Marquez Callaway and Jawan Jennings. He's faster. All right, he's probably a, an overall better athlete than Jawan Jennings and Marquez Callaway are. So I think he has the run-after-catch ability and the quickness uh, that Tennessee wants to utilize, especially in Jawan Jennings' absence. I want to see him be the guy. Because odds are he is going to be the wide receiver one next year with Jawan Jennings and Marquez Callaway gone to the NFL alongside with D'Angelo Gibbs and Brandon Johnson. I think those are your top three receivers for Tennessee next year. I want to see Josh Palmer when the defense knows that he is the number one target as well. How does he handle being matched up with a defense's number one, uh, in this case maybe number two with Callaway out there, but still getting more attention uh, than he has all season. You look at the stats, Palmer's got 28 catches for 389 yards this season, but he's been known to kind of have a really big game like he did against Missouri and then be a little bit quieter, uh, maybe like he was against Vanderbilt, uh, where you're wondering, where's Josh Palmer? Where's this guy uh, who could be uh, a number one wide receiver on this team? So part of that might have to do with the other guys on this team. I'm not going to totally blame him for disappearing in some games because Tennessee's got some great receivers. Marquez Callaway and Jawan Jennings are excellent but I think Josh Palmer could be next in line uh, for a big payday this time next year when we're talking about Tennessee's big pro prospects after the 2020 season. My second player to watch today and getting everybody involved, Quavaris Crouch. Where does this guy have the biggest impact? I don't think anybody knows the answer to that question right now, Uh, but at the moment, he's the next man up at inside linebacker. I feel like Quavaris Crouch is the Lamonte Turner of years old for this Tennessee football team. He's the sixth man. He's coming off the bench in a number of roles in this defense. I think today he'll rush the quarterback some. Uh, I even wonder if you see him play some more running back in this game with Jim Chaney and Jeremy Pruitt having more time to plan and scheme some trick plays and some added wrinkles on offense. I think he maybe gets a couple of carries against Indiana as well. But this is a guy who is an absolute freak physically. And he needs to be uh, one of the many emerging leaders on this defense moving forward to the 2020 season. Crouch had 27 tackles, half a sack this year. I want to see him sack the quarterback for the first time today. I think him and Roman Harrison both would have been great candidates for this kind of defensive line player to watch spot that I'm, I'm rolling through here. Um, uh, but I think those two guys are going to be a good complement to Daryl Taylor, who's playing in his last game 
Um, and, and Daryl Taylor is another guy who could make a lot of money today uh, with a good bowl performance to close out his college career. But with Taylor also going to the NFL, Crouch is the next man up at that linebacker position. Uh, I think he's a guy who, alongside Henry Tootoo, Roman Harrison, uh, and some others, I think has a big season in 2020. My third player to watch for Tennessee today in the Tax Slayer Bowl against Indiana. No surprise here if you've been listening to my podcast all week. It's Eric Gray. If you caught the podcast on Monday, uh, you know that I think Gray needs to be the starting tailback tonight. Uh, at the very least, I think Eric Gray can become a third down back in this offense. Ty Chandler may, may be the guy on first and second downs. Maybe Tim Jordan is your red zone back uh, with the way he's run inside the 20-yard line this year. Uh, and maybe Eric Gray tonight is simply your third down pass catcher. Um, the question I have for him now is can he also be a pass blocker uh, in third down pass pro that Tennessee needs? I'm not quite sure he's ready for that step. That's probably the next step in his game moving forward into his sophomore season. Uh, but this is a guy I like a lot, not just because of the recency bias of Vanderbilt. I think Eric Gray should have been handed the majority of the snaps uh, earlier on in the season. And yeah, he, he really benefited from Ty Chandler being injured for a lot of that Vanderbilt game, uh, but he took advantage of it. And I think right now you ride the hot hand uh, and give him some snaps today and see what he can do as a pass catcher. I want Eric Gray to have five to ten touches in this football game. I don't think that's too much to ask at this point, uh, given what we've seen from him the past couple of weeks. My fourth player to watch. Uh, not exactly as much of an emerging guy, uh, but a guy that burst on the scene as a freshman. The cornerback, Bryce Thompson. Uh, for me, it's hard to believe that he's only a sophomore really, because he had such a big freshman season that I think maybe expectations were a little too high for him this year. Uh, but he also hasn't been healthy for a lot of the year. He's been dealing with that knee injury uh, when, when he has been able to play after the early suspension this year. But I think this is a guy next season who can make a Nigel Warrior-sized jump on the Tennessee defense. Jeremy Pruitt is so hands-on with those defensive backs. That is the position that he's paying attention to the most but I usually think those DBs are the most likely to make a big jump forward uh, under Derek Ansley and Jeremy Pruitt. I think Bryce Thompson might be the next of those guys. Uh, we've seen consistent play from Alante Taylor this year. Uh, we've seen Sean Schamberger take a big step forward at that star position uh, with Balin Buchanan out for the season. I think Bryce Thompson is a big part of this game, blitzing off the edge where he has one sack this year, uh, covering a team's best wide receiver in Wap Fillier. Uh, and I think he's going to be a big part of stopping this Indiana passing attack uh, and really could become, once again, what we thought he was going to be. And that is a lockdown corner uh, covering a team's best wide receiver next year uh, when he's healthier. Finally, my fifth and final player to watch tonight, Henry T. Henry Tootoo. I, I think he could become an All-SEC uh, or an All-American caliber player next season. But I, tonight, I want to see Henry Tootoo organizing and calling this defense. We saw how lost the Vols were in week one without Daniel Batuli, and that's obviously something that should never happen again. And I don't think it will happen again under Jeremy Pruitt. But I think Henry T makes Vols fans feel much more comfortable heading into life after Daniel Batuli. I remember our week one podcast previewing Georgia State, then previewing BYU. I asked Ben McKee on this podcast and said, 
How worried should Tennessee fans be about a true freshman starting at inside linebacker? And, and at the time, I think uh, some of our worries were warranted because Tennessee didn't get lined up correctly. Things were not organized on that defense, and it was worrying uh, to kind of watch the direction this defense was going on, even with a new defensive coordinator with fresh ideas with Derek Ansley. But Henry Tooto has exceeded every expectation uh, that I think us as media have had for him as a freshman. One of the best freshman inside linebackers in the SEC, one of the best in the country. 64 tackles this year, five for a loss. He's built quite the partnership with Danny Batuli. Step up and be the guy. Minimize the explosive plays that so often come in bowl games. Uh, I, I think Stevie Scott, uh, the talented Indiana tailback, uh, if he's able to break a couple of big runs, this game completely changes uh, because then Indiana, with the run established, it's going to open up so much uh, for them in the passing game. Henry Tooto and Daniel Batuli need to stop the explosive plays in the running game and in the short intermediate passing game. Uh, I think Henry T has a big game to cap off what has been a, mar- a remarkable freshman season for him. All right. So it all leads up to this, my prediction for the 2019-2020 season finale, the 2020 Tax Slayer Bowl. I'm taking Tennessee. Not a surprise if you've heard uh, the matchups that I've broken down over the course of this show uh, and over the course of this week. Uh, But first of all, I think Tennessee's motivation is going to be high. Uh, I've heard enough from these players to believe that they genuinely want to win this game. This is not about 15 free practices and the freedom to just be able to have extra time with your team, uh, spend the holidays practicing. No, I think this team legitimately wants to win this football game. I think they want to send out their five captains and their seniors uh, with a victory because those guys have earned it. Marquez Callaway, Daniel Batuli, uh, Jawan Jennings, Nigel Warrior. Uh, I, I think this Tennessee defense... Uh, certainly deserves to send those guys, and, and of course Daniel Batuli as well, out with a win, uh, and the underclassmen certainly, uh, I believe, are going to make that happen for those five guys. I think the score is going to be something around 26-17. to 17. I think especially in the first half, I think Tennessee fans might be frustrated with how disjointed the offense could look. Uh, I, I don't think Tennessee is going to come out of the gates really strong, part of which because... Um, Jeremy Pruitt's preparing for a bowl game for the first time as a head coach. So you may see a little bit of rust. You may see um, uh, some guys getting out of the gates slowly and not quite breaking those explosive plays. But I think those plays are going to be there later in the football game for Tennessee. So I I say 26 for the Vols because I think they kick a lot of field goals in that first half. Uh, I think they may even trail at halftime. Uh, If not, maybe knotted up at halftime or leading by a field goal, but I think the Vols eventually break away. They're going to break some explosive plays. They're going to target Jawan Jennings uh, mainly in that second half, I think. Uh, And I feel sorry for Indiana because Jawan Jennings is going to be uh, a man on a mission when he comes out of that locker room. I think he gets over 100 yards just in the second half. Uh, I think Jarrett Garantano has a good game. I think the running game is good enough to win. Uh, and I think it, it's going to be the Tennessee defense forcing Peyton Ramsey into a big mistake uh, in order to uh, ride the wave to an eighth victory here tonight. So that's going to do it for today's coverage. It's going to do it for our week coverage here 
from Jacksonville, Florida. Thank you so much for following along with us all week. Hope you enjoy the game tonight, uh, whether you're here, uh, whether you're watching back uh, in Nashville or Knoxville. Uh, please be safe if you're here. Safe travels back uh, to the Volunteer State or wherever you call home. Uh, and hopefully uh, we get a good game to watch here tonight in Jacksonville. So for all of us here, for my brother who joined us as well on the podcast yesterday, and for uh, the 104.5 The Zone podcast team, thank you for joining us all week. We will talk to you next week as we break down this one and also talk more Tennessee hoops on the Ultimate Tennessee Podcast. Hello, football fans. Football season is here and expectations are high. This is Ronnie Bowling of Brentwood Hearing Center. Meeting your expectations of better hearing is always the goal of our doctors of audiology. From diagnosis to demonstration to providing you the most recent device technology, we're determined to exceed your expectations of a tailored hearing solution. Give us a call today at 615-377-0420 or learn more at BrentwoodHearingCenter.com. We hope to see you soon.